quick shout out from our sponsor, Sheer ID. Are you trying to boost conversions to your Shopify store? Need to drive more customer loyalty? Get results fast by offering exclusive discounts to consumer communities with Sheer ID. Sheer ID helps verify students, teachers, military, first responders, and so much more of these groups. With Sheer ID, you'll get a verified match in seconds. You can spit out an exclusive discount for customers on the spot. Try speaking directly to a new customer segment with this verifiable identity without adding friction to the shopping experience. Continue to drive incremental revenue in the next 90 days post-purchase with more tailored messaging for your email and SMS campaigns. I personally tested ShareID to see just how easy it was to get set up, and I was pretty much ready to go in under 15 minutes. The onboarding was simple enough for me to follow as a non-technical person. Go to sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Once again, that's sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. A quick message from our sponsor. Imagine if you could make your destination page match your messaging, eliminate leaks and distractions when sending someone from an ad or message, remove friction and make it easy to buy, Dream no more. Checkout Links is a simple but powerful app that lets you quickly create specialized bundles in a mini landing page that syncs directly with your Shopify checkout. Preload the shopping cart to reflect your order in that specialized bundle. You can automatically apply discounts so they don't have to manually type it in. And then you can also track individual link performance and so much more. You can find other creative ways to use them with your paid ads, customer support chats, holiday offers, new product launches, email and SMS campaigns, or even rewarding your VIP customers. Go to checkoutlinks.com slash Matt to learn more and install the Shopify app. That's checkoutlinks.com slash Matt. Hello and welcome to e-commerce uncovered. I'm your host, Matt Lady. Each and every week I get to talk with and learn from enthusiastic guests, freelancers, agency folks, in-house marketers, and founders, all in an effort to help you bootstrap your D2C brand profitably. We got two episodes a week, which will have you staying up to date on the ever-changing industry and learning fundamental concepts and tactics to apply to your brand. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is with the founder of a digital commerce consultancy that specializes in profitable growth via algorithmic structure, morphology, consulting. We're here to talk top mistakes DDC founders make and how to make your site more profitable and alternative sales channels like retail and Amazon. Please welcome Catherine McKee. KT, I want to start with a tweet you just sent out this morning. And it says, what actually brings revenue to your brand is 60% foundational, 30% incremental, 10% hype slash moonshot. Boring shit is where the revenue is, but it creates the launch pad for your moonshots. What what are you what do you mean? Let's talk about that a little more. Yeah, 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 absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I love this show. Uh, yeah, I think you know the foundation of what we talk about a lot with our clients is is the boring shit. Like that's what we do. So, like the fun stuff, the cool stuff, the sexy stuff is like the moonshot. First time anyone's ever done it. Like this is rad. It's new, cool product, cool service, whatever it might be. That's fun. That gets you traction. That gets you PR. Like it's an important part of the business model. A lot of effort gets put there and a lot of effort gets put in that like 30% like trade marketing, performance marketing, like what's the tactic, what's the leather, like how am I creating this hype, this motion, how am I getting people to my site? And I think because of that, people kind of miss the 60%, which is 
which is where your money literally lives. So things like you can have the best email marketing program in the world, but if your website sucks, no one's going to buy anything. And I don't mean sucks isn't cool. I mean like structurally is not sound because there are a lot of stunning, beautiful, super interesting websites that have a hellish back end. And that's not anyone's fault. Like nobody chose that. No one was like, oh, we don't care about that. Like let's make it insecure. There are things with like, you know, your mobile site speed is like a six out of a hundred. It's because of all that cool stuff you layered on top of it. So the cool stuff isn't making up for that 60%. And I, I think we talk about it a lot in sort of like an easy way to do it. It's sort of like the health and wellness industry. Like ignoring the sort of like diet tea, like poop your way skinny stuff, which is like toxic. Five minute abs is sort of the performance marketing. Because like it's effort. <laughs> You're trying to do it. It's work, right? Like doing abs for five minutes is pretty painful. You're going to be sore. You're going to feel like you did all this extra work. But in six weeks, you are not going to have a six pack. And you're going to be mad because you worked so hard on this thing. But if you had gotten enough sleep, if you ate reasonable food, if you got enough protein, if you managed your stress levels, if you drank enough water, and then you did five-minute abs, you'd have a six-pack. And I think we kind of like miss the boring shit, like the everyday basic, like, are you shipping on time? What's your site speed? Do you change out graphics constantly? Like, are you doing things to shoot yourself in the foot that feel like effort? And I think that's where people get stuck. But the argument is usually either or, and it's not, it's both. Like do the foundational part. And then once you have that, you can make a ton of incremental money doing that other stuff. So I think that's really sort of like the, like do one, then the other, not one or the other. Right. Yeah. It's definitely not black and white. Uh, so many people, especially when it comes to discussing things on online, social media, and we're not having a face-to-face -face conversation. Yeah. It's, you always get more you often get more clickbait and reach and right. impressions and right. by just saying, this is how to do this thing. And there's no other way possible. And oftentimes it's whoever's trying to sell you something, they're an agency, a service, uh, a freelancer, you know, like that's where they're coming from. Of course, yeah. they're going to say that's the most important thing. So yeah. I like how you explained the foundational incremental hype and moonshot. I love the analogy with the health and wellness getting the foundational set. So how, how do you start, how, how do you help founders get that foundational set? It, especially if they've like already made some traction and they're already making progress, they're like million dollars in revenue already. Yeah. Like they got some, they got something moving, but yeah. how do you determine, how do you start to identify, okay, let's go back and rebuild this, like check out this foundation stuff. Let's focus on that for a bit. And then that will help you scale. Like, how do you kind of determine that? Yeah, I think that's a really fair question. And I think you make a really valid point that people come in at that middle part. Like a lot of time, we, like we have most clients that are like, hey, can you make us more money? Not can you make us any money? And we have, we have some people that start at the beginning, but most people are like, how do we get incremental sales? How do we get incremental traffic? Which, you know, you've done something right. And I think that brings up a good point too. Because you've done something right, we are now emotionally attached to what we did. And you should be. It's your baby. You built it. And you worked super hard. Again, five-minute abs is stressful. Like, it is painful. <laughs> you tried really hard. You don't want to discount that. You worked super hard on your brand. Like, the easiest thing to do is, honestly, like, what I literally do with everyone is be like, oh, cool. Tell me what your website is. And I, like, search it. Be like, you're definitely not on the first page. <laughs> and, like, most of them aren't, right? Or it'll be like their, you know, their Facebook is or their TikTok is or their ads are. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. Why are you paying for attention on your own name? 
And there's yeah. an element of like everybody does. And I think that's that's the other like emotional sticking point is mimetic desire, right? Like that need to be in your flock. So like you want to be birds of a feather. And like it's a fair, valid, psychological, like it's like a natural biological process. You do want that. And I think everyone's out here doing the best they can with the information that they have. A lot of it's wrong though. And the thing is when you double check it, you look around you and you're like, yeah, I'm a D2C brand. They're a D2C brand. Should I be on Shopify? Yeah. Should I do that same template everybody on earth has done? Yeah. Does that template index? It sure doesn't. That's a 0%. You have no domain authority. And that sucks. Oh, but like, you know, you look at it with someone and they're kind of like, you know, their branding is important to them. Of course it is. You work super hard on it. It is the look and feel of your brand. You, you have your language down, your voice down, you have your value props down. I think a second test that we do a lot is like, does your grandmother know? Like if I covered up your logo, would your grandmother know what this is? And a lot of people are like, yes, my picture tells a thousand words. And you're like, I hear you barking. It doesn't. Like it would in a book, like a map in a book is super helpful. A map just sitting there. What am I looking at? Right? right. Like you need to give people direction. And I think that's truly the big one. And I think like we missed the forest for the trees a little bit. And this is kind of like the 60% thing coming back again is that Shopify has done an incredible job. And this is not to dog Shopify because it's true of most of them, but Shopify is the popular one. They've done an incredible job democratizing selling things online. And a huge part of how they did it is that they give you a website that is 80% built. And people are like, rad, thank you so much. I will now brand it and I'm good to go. And you're like, okay, that's 90% of a website. And that like 10%, that like, can a search engine see this? Is like where all your money is. And most of them don't. And that's why you run into this whole like the D2C like castle is crumbling because you have to buy all your traffic and it's incredibly expensive. And CPMs went through the roof last month. They went up like 30% or something crazy. No one can get their traffic anymore. It makes no sense. And you're like, yes. And in the kindest way possible, all of your websites are a folder of JPEGs. So they're like not, they're not being parsed. They're yeah. beautiful folders of JPEGs, but like there's no information on that. Right. Okay, so <laughs> it's <laughs> love that folders of JPEGs and they're beautiful. That's I, that, I, that, I need a second. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, um, okay. So other people can view these folders of JPEGs. It's beautiful, but Google cannot view those beautiful folder JPEGs. They just right. see JPEGs and no connection and domain and like all this. Right like back end stuff that indexes and helps you show up organically yeah. so that when people do uh, pay, like see you on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and some people don't like clicking ads. And uh, we know 98% of people don't click ads. So that's a big one. But, like, homie, let's right, not set right. money on fire. Like all your people are over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even if they want to, if, if they have an intention to click an ad, they will go to Google and Google your brand. Right. And then if your brand doesn't come up right away, right. Then, you know, that's like, that's double whammy of wasted ad spend. And, yeah. oh, they, they end up finding a competitor maybe or right. just give up. Yeah. So there's a third um, totally whammy too. Makes sense. That like, yeah. this is always the big one in a conversation with a client. Your organic score sets your bid floor. So when you go to buy a Facebook ad... They're, they're like, cool. Does she do what she says she does? And they check your organic score. 
Google ads and most digital ads for that matter are punitive. They're not commercialized. So what's happening is you are buying back the data that you did not tell anybody. You are buying the difference between what you say you do and what they can mathematically prove that you do. So when we're like, I'm going to have a gorgeous website that's one cool video or one cool picture, you're a zero. You have to buy zero to 10. Of course, your CPMs are a disgusting sum of money. And no one can prove that you do what you say you do because you didn't put information anywhere. So like when they go back to check it, they're like, man, I don't know. Uh, wow. Okay. So you're, you're lying. I, I was too flabbergasted to remember it exactly. Can you repeat it? Which line? The uh, CPM and organic four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. So your organic rank is your bid floor. It's a mathematical score. Or okay. Organic so, rank is your bid floor. It's a mathematical score. It's a, that's a nice little rhyme. I love that. It's nice <laughs> a nice little rhyme. So what ends up happening is when you bid on something and like sort of like the standard D2C playbook, right? Is put up a really pretty but quick Shopify site and then you buy your friends. You go to Facebook and you like buy some friends. When you go to bid on Facebook, it gives you that bid window, right? And probably for a new brand, you look at it and you're like, whatever, CAC's a jillion dollars anyway. So like a $5 cost per click is expected. This is where we run into like mimetic desire again. Like we benchmarked the wrong things. Everybody has a terrible time. You don't have to, but everybody else did. So you don't, you don't feel bad, right? Like you look at it and you're like, I don't know, it's five bucks for everybody. It doesn't need to be, but it is because when Facebook was like, hey, Google, what does Matt do? They looked at it and they were like, I don't know. And you're like, hey, I run this podcast. And Google's like, does it say podcast anywhere on here? No. Does it talk about e-commerce? I don't know. There's a, there's a video, which they can't parse. <laughs> so what happens is you get like a zero or a one. And even goods, like people look at like Nike. Nike's like a five at this. Nike is also terrible, which is why people can bid on Nike's branded search terms. Because Nike is not 100% Nike. So if Adidas comes in here and they're like, I want to, I'm sure we've all heard competitive conquesting, which is mostly nonsense. The only reason you can do it is because people do not mathematically own their own branded search terms. So I can come in here and be like, you're a five, I'm a four. We're essentially the same for Google. So I'll be like, I'll pay the six, call me Nike. And Google's like, that's stupid, but okay. <laughs> oh man, okay. I've not learned so much and laughed so much in the first 12 minutes of a show in a long time. So this is amazing. Awesome. Uh, I love this. Okay. So that is a great way to set up this conversation, the rest of this conversation. Um, so this move, let's move slightly back out into common mistakes or the top mistakes that founders make. You've been in this space for 15 years. I believe and that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good amount of time. Uh, some, some of us are much, much younger and newer to the space. So you've, <laughs> you've seen a lot of, you've seen a lot of brands inside and out. So yeah. what are the kind of those top mistakes or very common ones you've seen? The very top one, I'll tell you the one that I hate the most first. Okay. And it's related to, it goes back to mimetic desire. The actual top one is trying to copy your competitors, which it, everybody does it, like, don't feel bad. It's again, like a psychological, biological imperative. It's just your competitors are not smarter than you. So like, keep that in mind when you're looking at it. So we'll run into things like pop-ups 
I detest a pop-up. I rant about pop-ups everywhere and it hurts everyone's feelings. So like apologies, pop-up people, but like they're trash. They do nothing for you. There is not a single value to a pop-up. And when people will argue and they'll be like, no, 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 I need emails. You do need emails. Yes. Do you think that if the, like if a dude walked up to you in a bar, sight unseen, and was like, please, 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 please give me your phone number, please, 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 please give me your phone number, would you do it? Of course not. If then the person was like, let me buy you like a $2 PBR, would you do it then? No. Why are you doing that on your website? Yeah. They haven't even looked at your stuff yet. Like, chill out. You so desperate and weird. Like, stop. Yeah. Okay. So, like, psychologically, bad idea. There's a second pillar to the psychological part, though, and this is the one that makes me want to, like, argue with people. Is it some, some marketing study came out at some point, and it was like, the human eye is attracted to movement. And everybody read that as, like, it's positively attracted to movement. And it's not. Human eyes are attracted to movement as a prey response. We are biologically conditioned to change our focus to something that moves so that we don't die in the wild. So one, it's not positive, but two, it's incredibly distracting, right? This is how we stay alive. Right. What are they distracting you from? Oh, buying stuff from you? Why are you doing that? Leave yeah. them alone and let them buy the stuff from you. And the okay. third part, and this happens to everybody, is that pop-ups by and large, no matter which app you use, no matter which integration, are terrible for your site speed. So what will happen is that a pop-up will come up and it will eat your entire mobile experience. You'll be like a six or seven out of a hundred on a score because the pop-up is eating all the memory, all the space, the images are taking forever to load. When it does that and Google's like, hey, what's on this website? It's a pop-up. It's not your website. So you're already just screwing yourself and you're making your bids more expensive. It does the same thing on desktop, but smaller. It's not as bad on desktop, but most people shop on their phones and you can ask for their email later and stop giving everyone 10% off just because they walked past you. Like none of this is a good idea, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but everybody does yeah. it. And so we get attached and being like, I mean, everybody does it. Does it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me, uh, let me review. So are, I want to make sure I'm understanding. Are you saying there's zero use case for pop-ups ever or just on ever? ever? Like not even on exit, like intent or anything? Ever. Why? Here's, here's the thing with a lot of layers to websites. Okay. You wouldn't need them if your website didn't suck. Chatbots? <laughs> Chatbots on my list too. There's no earthly reason that a bot is answering a question. That's what your website's for. Put it on the website. Why <laughs> okay. would I have questions? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no, that's good. I just want to make sure because uh, I, I, yeah, it is. And I have seen all of my, my friends and brands I know and like pop up, pop up, pop up. I've AB tested this pop up and yeah. this is, I get higher conversion rate and more revenue. And I, I think don't. that's like, and that's one of the like small things that you think you're getting in the short term, yeah. but like you're saying, it's not the foundational layer that, that, that they're seeing the effects of. Yes. And you bring up a great point because we miss the survivorship bias in that. So when someone's like, I A-B tested it and it works, <laughs> you got to put like air ponies on works because like, what's it supposed to be though? Yeah. Like, did you get a 1% increase and one is better than zero? And like, I get you a win is a win, but like, was it supposed to be 700? Because that's... <laughs> 
different. Right. You know, caveat to whoever's listening, you might be the unicorn. You might be the one ring that rules them all. When you get an email after you beg someone for it, maybe they do turn into a real customer with high lifetime value. You would be, email me if that's true, because you would be the first brand I've ever seen in 15 years that that has been true for. So hit me up and let me know. I will amend it and I will add you as the exception to the rule. But for the most part, it, it just isn't. And I think it's because that's probably the second thing that I see a lot of brands doing is like tricks instead of solving a problem. Like you want someone's email so that you can talk to them. Email is a profitable channel. Those are true sentences. Is this the way to do it? And people are like, well, I get emails. Run that list and tell me how much that person bought from you. It's almost always zero, first of all. It's almost always people who put their email in there were like, nah, because they haven't looked at your product yet. They don't even know if they care about your 10% off. The second part is if you're putting in things to be cool, like that like dumb ticker tape across the top, what did that do for you? Test that. Don't test what color it is, with or without. Without is always better. Again, hundreds of brands, it's always better. <laughs> there are things like the chatbot pop-up. What did you ask, What did your customer ask the chatbot? And it's always something stupid, like, does this come in a size seven? Did you not put that on your website? And it's like, oh, it's in like a hidden drop down underneath the like sparkly star animation we put in because like someone told us it was cool. And like, Godspeed to the agencies making money on this. Like, I love that grift. Good for you. But for like everybody else, stop. Yeah. Why did you need a bot to tell me that? Right. It should be able to be on the site already. Google will like see that it's on the site. Yeah. And if someone, you know, that all adds up and goes back to that foundational layer. So you're making me question a lot of things I know to be true or like best practice and all this stuff. So this is amazing so far. Uh, I'm loving, I'm loving this. So um, your first mistake was pop, like you went on a tear on (laughs) pop-ups. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the last like five or six minutes at least on (laughs) pop-ups, which, which is valid. And especially on mobile. Yeah. Unless I know I'm already going to buy, I just want the discount, then I'll use the pop-up. But if I don't know yet, I always just try to X out of it as fast right. as I can. Yeah. So um, I so self-confirming like bias of like your stance. I think yeah. it makes sense. That's cool. Um, what are what are some other ones, uh, other mistakes or top? Uh, if you have a second most hated thing, like that, that was cool to hear you talk about it. <laughs> I'm less uh, worked up about this one, but I do have like a, I have a big money-making one. So like pop-ups, okay. I like emotionally hate. You probably didn't realize you were missing all this. Like that's survivorship bias part. Like you don't see the people you're pissing off with a pop-up. So like you can't really know. Yeah. This one you you can. And that is that most Shopify templates, those like three that everybody on earth has, they are, because they're a file of JPEGs and nothing else, you don't get any credit for them. And I think people get really deeply attached to, and this makes sense to me, like you're really attached to your brand and like your branding and like what you worked for and like the the look and the feel and the vibe. And you probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on the photo shoots that you did. Like I, I fully get where the attachment comes from. Take them out of the hero. There should not be any images above the fold. And, no one has listened to me on this. And every time I test it, I'm like, it's thousands of percent better. But like, okay, you're not going to do that. At the very least, do not put that giant rectangle up in the hero. If you have to put an image above the fold, 
make it a square and put it to the right. And the reason that you make it a square and put it to the right is that when a search engine is crawling your site to look for how to index you, there is a particular, it's like PEMDAS, right? There's an order of operations and a weight to each place. Up and left, like square A, it was like an Excel spreadsheet, square A1 is the most important square on the site. Square like like triple Z 6,000 is the least important. So if you like look at your website, a crawler goes left to right first, then it goes top to bottom, then it goes first page to second page. Put the information up and left. Put whatever it is you're doing up and left. And also, for the love of God, put something that you're doing. Do not put some like catchy cheese ball phrase. That was mean. There's a lot of like marketing in there that like, I get that you paid money for it. What you need to yeah. put is your the problem that you solve. So whatever the reason you have a website is, put that in writing in a text box, not embedded in an image up and left so that it can read it. So like put in like, we make the most comfortable mattresses on earth. We make jeans for like no waste gap. We make whatever it is that you make. We make healthy soda because that is where your query marker lies. And that's how you get domain authority, real Mm -hmm. domain authority. Not any of this like backlink nonsense, like your actual literal domain authority. If someone wrote a query, did you answer the query? So pull up the queries, put it up and left. And that is, I mean, literally of the people that I've, I think you and I are talking about this, that I sometimes like to do these like on people's phones when I'm like, let me just change one thing real quick on your website. It's hundreds of percent increase in traffic sustained like forever. I promise you that if you tell both the internet and the human being that got to your site, what they're doing there, you will make more money. Promise. Wow. Wow. Uh, So... Hero banners, so I'm assuming that video hero banners are worse than images, right? Yes. Okay, so, okay, got it. I, I, okay, yeah, I, that makes sense. I never, they take too long to load. Forever. I don't, like, I don't, I don't want to sit there and watch it. I just want to, like, quickly glance and read it and figure out what's going on. I do not care about the the real. No one does. Yeah, the ad intrigued me. I clicked on it, right. but I want to find out what, what, what's actually going on here. Yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. And then if you need an image, do not do the full rectangle. Correct. Do not embed the text onto the image. Correct. Push text to the top left, A1. I love, mm-hmm. I love how you explained that. Uh, just a text box. And then if you must, uh, right side image yeah. square. Yep. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay, that's amazing. And so that's uh, very foundational for yes. uh, Shopify or whatever thing you're using. Yes. And Google to be able to, hey, I'm talking about this. Okay, cool. You're, I know you're talking about that. Now, that's yeah. good. Now I'll tell the other people that you're talking about that. Correct. Right. Okay, cool. Wow. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that, you know, I think some people also get stuck on the like, well, we're not designing a site for a search engine. I, fu- I fully get that perspective also. Um, you are. The algorithm of a search engine measures consumer behavior. So the reason that Google punishes that is so many people got to your site and were like, what am I looking at? And left. Like, it already measured it. It's measuring me and my bounce rate. It's measuring me, like, staring at this video and being like, what am I looking at? And leaving. Because I queried your shampoo brand. 
And what I got when I got to your site was a really beautiful woman, a video of a woman like shaking her head around, which was pretty, like I enjoyed watching it. But I, and this is an, an actual brand. It took me eight yeah. clicks to find the shampoo. Like that's Ooh. crazy town. And it, it was oh. beautiful. Every step of this website was stunning. But like, I was in like a house of mirrors. Like, where am I, where's the shampoo? And like, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful disaster. Yeah. A quick reminder from our sponsor. Checkout links allows you to create simple and effective short links that go straight to your checkout for your social media pages, paid ads, customer support tickets, direct messages, holiday specific offers, brand new product launches, or even adding a QR code to your packaging or insert with a checkout link for easy reordering in just seconds. Once again, go to checkoutlinks.com to learn more, install that Shopify app. That's checkoutlinks.com slash Matt. A quick reminder from our sponsor, ShareID. Find your next lifetime customers by providing verified discount codes based on occupation or life stage. Speak directly to veterans, students, teachers, first responders, and continue to tailor your messaging to them in the future with post-purchase emails and text messages. Make them feel seen with your brand by using ShareID to seamlessly verify their email in seconds during the purchase process. Go to shareid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, let's take it from website land digital to like retail. Yeah. That's like, if you walk into a store, you just want to find the shampoo. Yes. Like, you know, it's in the store somewhere. You go look, oh, there's the aisle, and it says shampoo. It's probably here. One hopes. Yeah, one hopes. Yeah. But to equate it to these flashy websites and these videos and images and this beautifulness that takes away from the directness of the shopping experience, that's like if you have someone at the front of the store, hey, how, can I help you find anything? What's going on? Uh, do you, like That distracts you. If you have, I don't know, a bunch of like standing uh, displays or other things in the way, and then you have to wait in line, um, but you, there's only a certain line you can wait in <laughs> for shampoo purchases for yeah. whatever reason. Um, so there's all, like, I'm just trying to like make up an analogy on the spot, but uh, I think that's helpful that's to understand <laughs> like how these, like what it actually is doing. Yeah, And like, yeah. again, you brought up uh, mimetic desire a couple times of like, this is what other people are doing. So that's what I should be doing. Right. Which or makes sense. When, when you post about it on your own personal social media, especially in our little corner of Twitter, like it's all other D to C e-commerce people. Right. And you're like, oh, I want to like, but, but that like, it, that doesn't actually matter. If, the money in the, the shot, money in the account matters. Right. Your bottom line and, matters. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I love your store analogy. Can we redo that one for a second? Because I, I think it makes complete sense. I think okay. when you have a stunning, like, like that shampoo website, it was beautiful. It was one of the more beautiful, elevated, lovely websites I've seen. But when I was talking to her about it, I was like, this is, if it were a physical store, it'd be like the most stunning piece of property with no salesperson and no product. Like, am I going to go in? It's beautiful. I stopped. I'm going to look at the building. Like, it's lovely. I don't, I don't have any reason to 
interact with this like empty, beautiful room. But I think mm-hmm. D to C is like walking into a Walmart. D to C is like you're in there. There are no signs. There's a billion people. People are screaming. There are babies throwing up. There's like a subway and also like an auto parts thing. And there are like fireworks in the corner. And you're like, <laughs> do you guys sell milk? And like nobody knows. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah, I think we. It's oh, that it's that way. Maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> also, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like the person probably doesn't even work there. Like it's. Yeah. You needed to be there, but like, damn. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. So we got no pop-ups, no pop-ups, no hero, no hero image or video banners. What's let's let's round out one more top three. What's what's the third one? Top three. That is probably navigation. Navigation is a big one that a lot of people Ooh. get stuck on, and I think the reason for that goes back to outside of mimetic desire that it it's not something that you think most people tell me they're not allowed to change it. Most people, when I look at their D to C and I'm like, hey, is, why is shop the first word on your site? And they're like, oh, because I sell things. And I'm like, what do you sell? Is it shops? Because if it's not, like there's no reason that that word is getting – like again, that's like usually the first word on your website. So you told a search engine, the thing that I do, I exist for like shop about me resources. Do you any of those <laughs> things? Oh, you're a soda company? Maybe put soda. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like you, and it's, again, I do like the grandma test here. Like if I covered up your logo and the picture of soda, is anybody going to know what's happening on this site? Are they even going to bother clicking? And probably not. You probably have a hellish bounce rate. And I bet you do because I came in from, I'm one of the 2% of people who even care about ads first and foremost. So like stop shooting yourself in the foot. But secondly, I clicked your ad. It was a cool, fun ad. And I got here and I'm like, what am I? am I looking at? And I might click around a little bit. Like I might really want the soda, right? Like I, I saw the ad. I want the soda. I will figure this out. Google is watching me do this. Google is watching me like bump into walls. Like I'm a Roomba, like not being able to figure this out. And they're like, it could be her. She might just be an idiot, but like, man, this is tough. So like put what you're doing, like outside of the reason for being your navigation needs to be idiot proof. It needs to be I think we get stuck in the, like, the picture will tell a thousand words thing, right? Like we talked about earlier. You need both. Like, I'm personally a proponent of don't put the pictures, but you, you're going to want to. You need to put the directions first, and then the pictures will make it clear, right? It will be beautiful. It will draw me in. I'll have emotional response. But I'm not going to know what I'm looking at if you don't tell me what it is. So you don't okay. want to put shop. You want to put whatever you're doing. If you are selling sweaters, put sweaters first. And if you are selling specifically, like, you know, like non-wool, hypoallergenic, super ESG, whatever, put it so that I know that that's where you keep them because I'm probably not going to be trying to click on like learn more or like product or resources. Resources for what? Do I need a resource for this sweater? And it will be like the brand story and she grew up on alpaca farm and she like knitted this thing and you're like, oh my God, where are the sweaters? (laughs) So... (laughs) This is great. So the only thing I could think about is when you're saying how Google's like, so what do you do here? I, I, I remember like office space scene of them going yes. like, so what do you say you do here? <laughs> like, that's all I could think about this whole time. That's I'm just waiting, waiting for it to be my turn to say that yes. because um, that's, 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 what's, that's what's happening. Yeah. And if you're not able to tell Google what's going on, Customers are going to have just as hard of a time. 
Right. And then you're going to go back to, you don't have the organic rank and right. bid floor and it's yeah. a, this, this, this whole thing. Okay. Wow. Love this. Okay. Let's, um, we kind of kind of went over the next one already talking about the like website <laughs> by the way of pop-ups um the hero banner and the navigation changes we've discussed but is there anything else you might want to add um for sites to make it more profitable to make it easier for google or the customers i mean one that's not really google related but i think would build a lot more baskets is maybe like take a step back. A, a lot yeah. of success in retail comes from push marketing. Like that's the entire flow, right? That like a designer somewhere has a cool idea, they make a cool product and they talk you into buying it. So like Saks Fifth Avenue buys it to then sell. You, the brand need to give Saks Fifth Avenue levers to force somebody to buy it, right? Like they didn't ask for it. We are talking them into it. And that's like the advertising and marketing and like a trunk show and like all, all the cool performance marketing stuff that you can do. It is the opposite online. And so what people get stuck with is like, I've been a professional for 30 years and I know that performance marketing works. And you're like, we are in a pull environment. I told you what I wanted. Give it to me. Stop trying to talk me into all this other stuff. I told you exactly what I wanted. I am correct. This is specifically the jacket that I want. Stop trying to sell me other stuff. And I think what happens on branded websites is that we get to that, like, you may also like, or like basket building, like merchandising section, and we're trying to dump product. So you can see it. We're like, I'm going to try and buy like these suit pants. I think these suit pants are really pretty. They're like a fun green. I'm going to buy them. Suit pants. There's a jacket that goes with it. I, I don't think I've ever seen, man, I think Asos maybe did it once. I don't think I've ever seen a website that was like, yo, this is the jacket. Like it's, it's never in the basket building section. It's never in the like complete the look. And you're like, did you think I only wanted the pants? Why did you think I only wanted the pants? Why would you not show me the jacket? Like, isn't this the easiest upsell? And you see it with like bikinis, like things that need to go together. And you're like, why, why was this microphone sold without cords? And if I need the cords, aren't you going to be like, hey, dummy, these are the cords. I don't know which cords I need. Like assume that I'm stupid. And also like, don't you want more of my money? And I think people get stuck here that like the merchandising place is like a great place to put other stuff that you're not selling. And you're like, no, it's not a great place. Put okay. the other thing that I need, right? Because you, you want me to be happy. You want me to come back. This is also retention play. Like outside of basket building and margin building, it's a retention play. You aren't selling the jackets because you promoted the pants and nobody knew you sold jackets. And because I'm not physically on the floor with the sales associate being like, here's the jacket. I don't know the jacket exists. So this went from what could have been like a $600 purchase to $150 purchase. I didn't know the shirt that the model was wearing was available. I didn't know you sold necklaces. What you don't know what brought me in to the image. That's the other part of being stuck on images. You don't know what brought me in. If I really wanted that necklace and you do definitely sell it, but you're not showing it to me anywhere, I'm not going to know. Okay. And a lot of what we run into is like, like for like, like I'm selling lipstick and like you clicked on the red one. So across the bottom, I'm going to show you 42 pink ones. Did you think I needed 43 lipsticks? Did you? Or, or in fairness, uh, you probably uh, didn't think about it. In fairness, you probably like let it autofill. But like, do you know what people buy consistently with lipstick? Like it's like a 99% index floor cleaner. So heads up anybody who sells multiple products. If you sell cleaning solutions, put red lipstick in the you may also buy. And it's a 99% likelihood that they will buy it.
Wow. Okay. So that seems to make a lot of sense. I'm going to give you another example and make sure I'm understanding you. And so, uh, as we talked about Stumptown Mattress, that's where I'm at. And so we're, we're, we're migrating over to Shopify. We're thinking through all this sort of stuff. So this is very helpful for me <laughs> selfishly. <laughs> so you're saying if someone adds a queen size mattress to the cart, I should not try to sell them another mattress. I should try to sell them the queen size sheets, bed frame, pillows, queen size mattress topper and pillows. Yes. And not so, even add so, the cart. I'm saying on PDP on the product detail okay. page. Do you not show me in the bottom? Like, like I'm on queen. I've picked queen. I picked yeah. my delivery time. It's not in the cart yet, but I'm like on this page. Don't show me. I'm not an idiot. Like you don't need to show me that it also comes in a king size in the bottom. I saw that in the drop down. In the bottom, be like, have you thought about rugs? Have you thought about a bed frame? Have you thought about pillows? Like what do people buy in sets? Mattress topper, pillows, maybe sheets. Like make this right. easy for me. And also yeah. you can double check this right now. Like if you have a branded website, you can pull down the search data of what people are querying. Are people adding a mattress and looking for something else? I bet they are. Just Just put it on the same page. Right, right. Right. Okay. Cool. No, that helps. That makes sense. Um, I'm fo I'm following. So that's great. Okay. So that's um, we covered the website pretty good uh, for the top things and top mistakes and not necessarily quick but simple. I would say fixes. Yeah. Um, that that looks quick. You we take that bad boy down that right now. Just 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 just, just right away. Get away. Um, but simple and that will not only help you now, it'll keep helping you in the future. It's like a, yeah. Okay. So then we got website covered. Um, one of the last topics we'll kind of get into today is you're, you're humming on D2C. You got your Shopify store. You've made all these amazing website changes. KT suggested you're, you're growing, you're, you're scaling. When do you know? Or how do you know when to get into retail or uh, direct to business, B2B or Amazon? Like, what are the signals? What are the factors? What? How do you help founders kind of make that decision? Yeah, that is a great question. I think you know when moving to retail is a huge part of a scaling strategy. So if you are looking to go, and it's usually from like, if you're in like a one to five million and you're trying to get to like the next bucket, probably retail could be a good choice for you or a partnership of some kind. Maybe not retail, retail, but like you need more reach. Retail can be good for that. Um, and we probably don't have enough time to get into all of this, but there are, and I'm speaking of retail, retail, not Amazon. Amazon's not a retailer. So we'll keep that separate for a second. Okay. An actual retailer will have a goal with you, which is that you're both trying to sell the mattress, Right. But it's going to be a little bit contentious. So you need to be in a place legally and operationally that you can defend yourself, keep yourself accountable. You can deliver on the promises that you make. And you're in a good place to negotiate. Because what's going to happen if you're a brand new brand and you really, really need targets distribution? Um, they're going to eat you alive, which is their job. That's not mean. Like their job is to get the best margin they can off the wholesale market. If you are not in a place where you can defend that you are a good partner, that you have good traffic, that you are valuable to them in some way that you will bring other people in, that you build baskets, that you are a good addition to things that they already sell, they're in a place to tell you that it's too risky to buy a bunch of stock from you, ship it to different stores. Like if you think down 
the pieces of risk that they will have, it's a lot. Like retailers take on mm. a lot of risk dealing with brands of goods getting destroyed, of them sitting in a back storage room, of you not shipping on time, screwing up displays. Like there are a lot of levers to pull. So if and when you want to go to retail, you really need to be buttoned up tight in your operational ability, first and foremost. Don't sign a contract saying you can make 10,000 mattresses when you can only make six in a year, which sounds stupid. Like it sounds obvious. But I think a lot of people are like, we'll figure it out. And like, truthfully, you probably won't. And you definitely won't in a way that gives you good margin. Now, here's the other thing with retail. You usually only get one cycle as a test. So like you have never talked anyone into being your partner forever. You have talked them into giving you a shot. Set yourself up for success. Like be in a place where you can be a good partner, where you can be strong on your margins. Like don't be given crazy damage allowances. Don't be given crazy buyback allowances. Don't take return to vendor unless something crazy happens. But you're not going to be able to argue that if you aren't in a strong place where like, I don't need you, I want you, is the position you need to be in. You probably aren't okay. in that position. Like you probably do really need them for the expansion. But you need to make sure that legally you can protect your brand, that your documents are in order, that your contracts don't allow things like redistribution, that they don't allow sell-off, that they don't allow any giant price changing. You have to have a map strategy. This is just a general have a map strategy and a way to enforce it. Super important because map is minimum advertised pricing is what map is. And it's agreement between you and a seller of what the minimum advertised price would be. And normally it says things like you have to be within like 10% of our MSRP always. And like four times a year, you can go up to 30% off for like a friends and family kind of thing. And maybe if we kill a skew, you can clearance it, but like write it out, be super specific on what this is. Uh, the second part of that is you need to be able to enforce it. Most brands don't really bother. Most brands say things like, we will cut your funding. We just won't advertise with you. Um, that is not the far argument you think it is. Because Target will be like, oh, damn, really? Take your stuff back. Yeah. So you need to make sure that like legally you are in a good place that you can negotiate and you can back yourself up. Amazon, that's true for Amazon also. You need to be really legally buttoned up. Amazon is not a retailer though. So Amazon does not care if your goods sell. Amazon is literally yep. just a platform. They are not there to hold yep. your hand. They are not friends with you. They don't care if they sell mattresses or not. They literally do not. What Amazon wants is your customers on their platform so they can look at them. You need to be a good partner so that people will come in consistently. So like Amazon gets a rap for the fact that they won't, they won't hit you up. Like if you do something crazy, the buyer from Nordstrom is going to call you personally and be like, what are you doing? No one is doing that at Amazon. They are watching it. They are writing it down every time you do something nuts. And you're going to hit an internal control where they just kick you off. And you're going to run into something like Birkenstock did, where Birkenstock made this huge deal and they had Amazon buy a full year's worth of goods to hold them. And then Birkenstock acted nuts. And they were like, we want all our stock back. And Amazon's like, couldn't imagine caring. And Birkenstock was pissed. They were like, give us our goods back. And Amazon was like, our goods. Can you read contracts? We own them. Wow. And like Birkenstock lost it. And Amazon was like, read a contract. We own these sandals. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain. So we don't do business with you anymore. And Birkenstock also did not want to do business with them anymore. But like, you are not in the same place you think you are. Like Nordstrom would love to give you your shoes back. Nordstrom is like, you know, you broke up with your ex and they're like, great peace. Amazon was never in a relationship with you. So they're firmly like, I don't know. What does it say on the lading sheet? Oh, I own it now. Wow. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So 
you got to <laughs> expanding uh, into retail, into Amazon, into these other sales channels outside of your direct website is a big undertaking. And it's a lot of effort and resources and setting up. And especially if it's your first time, you don't really kind of know what to expect, what to do. So uh, get those terms set up, get the read the actually read the contract. Yep. Like actually maybe like not maybe like probably have a lawyer, have like have have a DTC friend who isn't also in retail, like talk to them about it. Like get this is a bit huge business decision. It's not a oh yeah, let's just toss our stuff on Amazon. Right. Okay. Right. Wow. That's good. That's great. That's awesome. Okay. Thanks for uh, explaining that. And then uh, last question, I'm gonna uh, land the plane here. Is uh, anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to be asked about or has been on the top of your mind lately or throughout this conversation? Good question. That is a really good question. Um, I don't know if it would have come in the form of a question. I think sometimes, and truthfully, like even the way that I've been talking about it, there are a lot of inherent risks to doing D2C with a retail partner on your own, et cetera. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Like it's, it's incredible. Like the ability to be able to reach people and you probably have an incredible product or service that you offer. Like you probably really did see a need in the market. You really are serving people. Focus on that. Like the true North at the end of the day is doing that will set you up for success no matter what. It will save you from people selling you things you don't need. It will save you from making bad decisions in media or in agencies. Because if you know what you're doing and you're clear, like again, like double check your website, have someone's grandmother, literally, it's like the most useful thing is showing some 70 year old lady a website and having her be like, what is that? And you're like, shit, super helpful. Once that is clear, you essentially don't need anything else. And from like a profitability standpoint, the higher your organic rank, also means things like your, your traffic will be qualified. You don't need to beg for friends anymore. They're qualified because you make the thing that they need, which means that they will buy it. So your conversion rate goes up. There are a lot of these like big chunks that sort of seem impossible and made up and like too much. And you're like, literally it's, it's an algorithm. It's a mathematical space. If the math is wrong, it's very expensive. When the math is right, it's incredibly efficient. And that is true of something like an Amazon too. It's not for everybody. And like, that's, and retail might not be it for everybody too, but Amazon is sort of like the more aggressive version. If it is for you, being operationally sound is incredibly important. You can get incredible reach. You can get crazy reach. Like we, we've made people hundreds of millions of dollars. Like it's the availability of profitability and revenue there is really high, but it is not relationship management. And I think that's, maybe that's really where I'm going with this is that a lot of incredible salespeople really struggle with D2C. It is not relationship management. It is do what you said you were going to do. The end. Super profitable that way. I promise you that if you say you're going to ship in two day shipping, ship it in two days. Like none of the like winky face, like when we drop it, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the things that are like fun tricks in a store that like somebody would be suckered into, people are watching you do it online. And like, you don't have to, you don't have to do any of the hoop jumping that you're doing. Like these simple, straightforward, like, farmer version of this is just like at the end of the day like make a decent product and be clear about it and ship it when you say you're going to ship it i will also say that a lot of this data gets thrown around not the part of this conversation but i find it interesting 
that like you got to be careful with surveys because people will say that like I really need my product in two days. That has not been true for a human since the dawn of time. You will live. If you needed it in two days, you would have gone to Target to get it. So like, first of all, stop. Secondly, like <laughs> you're not flipping out if it's a week late. If you didn't lie to me, like if you told me that I will get it on October 14th, we're cool. If you told me I was getting it today and like, just kidding, it's October 14th, you're going to run into a problem. So like, just be straight up with people. Truly most people, particularly on the internet, are already so far down the funnel and are so clear on their problem that if you solve it, like however you solve it is great. I just need the solution. For that was, that's great. That's a perfect way to end. For context, t October 14th is a week from when we're recording. Oh, sorry. Uh, so <laughs> it's just, just, just so we end on a clear note. Uh, so if you're like, what? We time travel now? No. So, time travel anyway, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, man. This is awesome. This is so good. Um, where can um, people find you to talk to you, to follow up? to send you their unicorn pop-up experience yes, or, yeah. to, or to, or to maybe hire you. Yes. Fair. Okay. Um, if you have a unicorn experience, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm a little bit of a lurker. It's Catherine underscore McKee, Catherine with two A's, K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E underscore McKee. Um, the website, if you want to talk to our agency is morphology consulting. Um, pretty easy to find. We, we rank really well. Um, it is a weird website. I'm gonna throw that out there. I fix people's website and mine kind of sucks. So you know, if you think it's ugly, you are welcome to send me that email. It is. I hear you barking. Uh, but yeah, come on by. I love talking about this stuff. But Twitter's more fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's how we met. That's yeah. how we connected first. So uh, thanks for your time. This is amazing. Appreciate it. Good luck to you and your clients um, this Q4. And everyone else, thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I love being able to do this, continue to learn, and meet people in this industry. Every rating, review, and episode you share with a friend means so much to me as I'm bootstrapping this show as part of my media brand, High Key Geek. If you haven't checked out my other show, Brand Builders, you should. It's with myself and Tom Brown and Richie Mashiko. Two times a week, we talk in a much more casual setting, and we think out loud, we brainstorm, and we share our lessons as we continue to operate and run businesses in the D2C space today. We're not, we didn't exit, we didn't just consult and advise now, and we don't, we're in the trenches as we, like every day still. So we're learning in real time and sharing it with you as we go. That's Brand Builders on High Key Geek YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Catch you next time.